It's just a wonderful day. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, let's look at the day. It, it, it is a marvelous day. I love Saints Peter and Paul. Uh, it, it, you know, you're going to say, Father, you say every day is your favorite day. Well, every day is sort of a favorite day. But Peter and Paul, this is a wonderful, wonderful day. I cannot remember even one split second of my entire life when I was conscious that there was such a thing as Peter and Paul or the faith of Peter and Paul when I did not want to be committed to it. I mean, from the time I was a little kid until this instant. So I want to do some reflecting, <coughs> some reflecting on that this morning. Uh, talk about contrast. Peter and Paul, I mean, talk about contrast. I mean, they look sort of alike here in the icon. And I want you to notice right off the bat on the icon that they're embracing. One of the first things I learned about the faith of Peter and Paul was that people wanted to say there was a difference between the faith of Peter and Paul. I remember in college I was taught by some that there was a difference between the faith of Peter and Paul. And even in seminary I was taught by some that there was a difference between the faith of Peter and Paul. Not only was there a difference, they were radically different. Well, that's not true. The faith of Peter and Paul is the same faith, and, and we'll get to that. And, and it's so important behind all of this that you're aware that Peter and Paul are the patron saints of the Antiochian Patriarchate. I mean, Damascus, wherever. Uh, my son Dan's in, in, in Balamon today, and, and uh, there, it's a big meeting of the Patriarchate. Of, and Peter and Paul are the, are the pa patrons of it. I mean, this is a huge deal. I can't, I can't help but think I just love that little piece that our patron saints of our patriarchate are, are Peter and Paul. But the contrast between these two men, Peter, he's from a little dump. He is. Bethsaida. Do you know we don't know for sure where it is or how many of them there were, whether there was one or two? It was near Capernaum, it was near Chorazin, but we're not sure where it was. It means fisherman's house. How would you like, a, how would you like to live in fisherman's house? That was his town. Three of the apostles from there. Incredible. From a dump. I mean, it's a, I imagine it smelled. I've been in fishing villages. He's not educated. I'm not super good at Greek, but he was worse. Paul, from Tarsus, and by his own confession, no insignificant city. A Roman citizen. Look, Tarsus was a very important city, particularly educationally. It was one of the brightest centers of learning in the entire world of its time. Paul didn't learn his ABCs from Gamaliel. Paul learned about the Old Testament, about the Jewish faith from Gamaliel. 
the great, great teacher. Paul learned his ABCs. They even used the word university in Tarsus. It was a fairly large city, and it's in Turkey. Peter, from a dump. Paul, from a great city. Peter, poorly educated. Paul, brilliantly educated. Peter, fair knowledge of his faith in the Jewish faith. Paul, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And concerning the law, blameless. What a contrast. And they're embracing. And we sang of them today that they are the leaders of the apostles. Both of them, not Peter only, not Paul only, Peter and Paul, leaders of the apostles. And I'm only going to consider just such a little bit. What can you do in a few minutes? So I just want to reflect on some things. First of all, let's reflect on two, two main things. One, on what they believed. Two, on their practice. That won't take much time. What did they believe? The gospel this morning. Couldn't have been more appropriate. As a matter of fact, there's no other gospel that could be read today. They get to Caesarea Philippi. That's north of Bethsaida from Fisherman's House. They get there, and then Jesus raises the question, who do people say that I am? And they discuss it. And then Peter makes this great, great confession. Thou art the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Said Jesus, flesh and blood didn't show you that. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now listen to me really carefully. I was taught, and it's very popular today, to throw out the little phrase, you know, Jesus never claimed to be God. That's really popular. You know when that started? In the first century. It's always been claimed by some. How can you listen to that gospel today and say that Jesus never claimed to be God? When Peter says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, well, you know, Peter, don't, don't go overboard. You know, you know, Peter, we, I know you're enthusiastic about my program. But, but let's not call me things I'm not. What was Jesus' response to Peter's confession? Peter, you didn't figure that out on your own. Peter, my father showed you that. How could he more boldly confess that he was both God and Christ? Paul. He's writing to the Colossians, and he's writing to them, and he's warning them. He says, folks, you need to be careful. Don't let anyone take you prey. <coughs> Don't let anyone capture you with vain philosophy according to the traditions of men. I'm warning you, it's dangerous, he says. For, why? Because in him. 
in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Many years ago in this parish, many, many years ago, and then even occasionally when we get to singing some old stuff, we sing a passage, or we sang, it's wonderful, I mean, there's nothing wrong with singing a passage of Scripture, but we sang it with great gusto, because first of all, it had a really neat tune. It came from 1 Timothy 3.15, which is Paul <coughs> writing to Timothy. And the passage is this, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, I'm sorry, this is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. That God was in Christ. God was in Christ. Uh, confession of Paul. Both believed irrevocably beyond any measure that God, that Jesus was God incarnate. Okay. Now, both Peter and Paul believed in the power of the cross. That's second. I'm only going to give you four. They believed in the identity of Christ. They believed in the power of the cross. They believed in the power of the resurrection. And they believed in the kingdom which was being initiated and which was to come. That was what they believed. Peter that he would perish unless he proclaimed the cross. Paul, the preaching of the cross, is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved it is the power of God unto salvation. Peter, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has caused, uh, caused us to be born again to a living hope, by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, to obtain an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, <coughs> reserved in heaven for you. It's Peter who, it's, he was doing the preaching now, you understand that. Reserved in heaven for you, who are being kept by the power of God for a salvation <coughs> through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Whom, Jesus, whom have not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So preacheth Peter in 1 Peter 1. The identity of Jesus with Peter, the power of the cross with Peter, the power of the resurrection with Peter, and the power of the life in the age to come in the kingdom of God. Paul, what a delight. He says to the, to the, to the Philippians. Now, I love the, gospel, the epistle this morning, okay? I mean, I love that, you know, thrice was I shipwrecked, I was beaten with rods, 39, I got the 39 lashes, uh, you know, I, I was thinking last night, how would you like to be out in the middle of the ocean for a day and a half? That, I didn't like that. 
that did not strike me as being something I would enjoy. I mean, he, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the enemies, dangers from everything. They let me down on the basket to get out. King Aretas was going to get me and kill me. Uh, you know, I've known all these stories since I was a little kid. They're wonderful. They really are. Uh, and I'll have a little to say about that in a moment. But this is St. Paul, <coughs> and he's preaching to the Philippians. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but trash, so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law. He sure understood that. But that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And here I, I was probably 12. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death, if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect. You know, people complain about the church being filled with imperfect people. Greetings, imperfect people. From one incredibly imperfect to a bunch of others. And they use it as an excuse. Our patron says he's one of them. Not perfect yet, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not count myself to have made it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what, what is behind and pressing forward to that which is before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as <coughs> have this attitude. And if anything, and if anyone have a different attitude, God will, 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 can't read today. God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep loving by that same standard to which we have attained. Brethren. I love this. Now, this is why I went back to the epistle for a few moments. All that stuff. He's not calling on us to do that. Here's what he says. Brethren, join in following my example. What example? Well, if you don't spend a day and a half in the ocean, you're not following his example. If you don't get 39 lashes five times, you're not following his example. If you don't get beaten with rods, you're not following his example. If you're not starving, sometimes, you're not following his example. No, that's not what he means. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the plan, to the pattern which you have in us. For many walk of whom I told you often, and now tell you even weeping. They are enemies 
of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. <coughs> Paul. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has to subject all things even to himself. Peter and Paul, together on the identity of Jesus. Peter and Paul, together on the power of the cross and the effectiveness of the cross. Peter and Paul on the power of the resurrection. And Peter and Paul on the goal of it all. Glory! And in the meantime, don't get wrapped up. I'm giving you Peter and Paul. Don't get lost in trying to save this world. Look for the hope of the resurrection and the life of the world to come in the kingdom of God. If your hope is trying to make it through this life and to try to, try to make some huge impact on it, you're done. I think of the professors that taught me. Oh, no, Jesus really wasn't God at all. You know, he was a, actually he was a bastard child of a Roman soldier. Yeah, I was taught that in college. Some Roman soldiers, she used to hang around. I mean, that's what he said. She used to hang around the Roman garrison. And she had a child by him, and that was Jesus. How do you like that one? That's not new, by the way. That's very old. I think my teacher thought it was new. That was 19 centuries old already. How easily we get caught up into trying to make it through this world when Peter and Paul say, folks, just hang on. Follow our example. Follow our example. Follow our way of life. Live like Peter. Live like Paul. What? How? With virtue and overcoming your passions. Live a righteous life. Seek to please God. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what, he, that's what they preach. Have faith and live according to them. Live their way. Don't you love being in a patriarchate that has Peter and Paul as its patrons? That have the faith of Peter and Paul? You know, I can take you to 50 universities today and 50 seminaries, and they're going to be arguing about these things. I'll never forget the day that I flew in to this airport Coming back from Springfield, Missouri, landed, got home, went to the telephone, called Father Richard, and I said, I've had it. I can't split anymore. I just heard two men teaching on the faith of Peter and Paul. They were in great disagreement, and I disagreed with both of them. I said, I can't take this anymore. 
we sat at Carol's on Callery Hall. That's better than what it is now. <laughs> I would say from that afternoon, with a vengeance, we began to pursue the historic faith. There's lots of explanations for Peter and Paul. There's lots of stuff you can believe. You can find a lot of people give pretty good arguments for what they believe. Some arguments are really stupid. But some are really pretty good. <clears throat> I'd heard them all. They weren't new. I just needed to find out, <coughs> as did Father Richard and all of us, how do we know? How do we know we've got the faith of Peter and Paul? In the Orthodox faith. That's how we know. You say, well, Father John, what if they're wrong? It's okay. I'm committed to it. You understand? You will ultimately believe what you want to believe. You will. If you don't want to believe that Jesus is God, if you don't want to believe in the power of the cross, if you don't want to believe in the power of the resurrection, if you want to risk your eternity, believe whatever you want. And I'll give you some good arguments. Come, I'll help you. I know them better than you do. Most of them. I studied them for 50 years. But if you want to rest in a faith that is secure, rest in the faith of Peter and Paul, our patrons, and look for the blessing of the kingdom of God in the age to come.